You're listening to the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph. Our recap and review podcast for this week's episode, Insane in the Germ Brain, will be out later this week. But I'd like you all to take a step back to last week because I'm here with the writer of last week's episode, Yippee Kai Brain, Mother Scratcher. Uh, this is Chelsea Catalanato. Thanks for coming on the podcast, Chelsea. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited <laughs> to be here. I am too, and, and I'm I'm kind of excited because it sounds like I got your last name correct. You know what? You you nailed it, and I'm telling you, no one does. So yes. I'm really happy about that. <laughs> you did a great job. We're starting off on a great note. I mean, it, it is time to celebrate because uh, the show just got renewed for season five, and yeah. so congratulations. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. I actually um, found out that we got renewed when I was like landing in uh, New Orleans, and so oh, I, wow. I left not knowing what was happening and landed, and my phone was like blowing up with text messages, and it was re- <laughs> it was a really it was a really good uh, thing to to hear upon landing in New Orleans. Drinks on me. Yes, yes indeed. <laughs> Uh, okay, so um, you're one of the new, the three new writers for iZombie in season four. What has your experience being a new writer in the iZombie writers room been like? Oh, it's been amazing. I mean, when I first got the job, I didn't really know what to expect. Like, I thought maybe they might like haze me or something when I went in. <laughs> but uh, everyone was, was really nice. They actually reached out to me beforehand to grab coffee. So by the time I got there, I felt like I knew everyone. Oh. And uh yeah, Rob also runs the room in a really amazing way. It's like, you know, the best idea in the room wins. So I felt really comfortable pitching, even as a staff writer, which I've heard in some rooms is not the case. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was, it's, it's been great so far. Also, oh, our room is also like 50% female, which is awesome. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's it's pretty much been like that, I think, since the beginning. Uh, there's been, yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's very um, were you a fan of iZombie or any of Rob Thomas's shows before you got the job? Um, so I remember when I was living in Philly, I saw iZombie on Netflix and I, I was like, oh, uh, this looks interesting. And then I never watched it. Um, <laughs> but I think if I would have known that it was Rob's show, I would have because I'm a huge Party Down and Veronica Mars fan. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I was really excited to meet Rob. I definitely told, like, I had to tell myself to be cool and not nerd out too hard when I met him for the first time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had him on the uh, the podcast once, and like my entire like the entire interview like went for an hour, and like my internal internal monologue was just like, "Be cool, be cool, be cool." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're like, Ask you about this? Oh no, wait, no, that's a dumb question. Wait, don't ask that. <laughs> Like when I realized that I've been like, uh, you know, watching his stuff since Dawson's Creek, you know, I'm like, wow, I've oh, <laughs> been a part of my life for a while. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's great. <laughs> um, so uh, we know that the writer's room often works as a team to outline and add some ideas to each episode. Was there anything from this season that you are particularly proud of contributing to before your episode? Um, yeah, I think the scene in the morgue with the diehard puns. Um mm-hmm. Cause I myself am not a particularly punny person, <laughs> but that was something, and that was something I really had to learn when I started as zombie, which was a fun challenge. Um, like I'm no, I'm no John Bellina. I can't just like crank uh, out. <laughs> <laughs> He's really good at it. It's amazing. 
Um, so yeah, I think I think pulling out the scene where so many puns were said one after another was like a real triumph for me. <laughs> Very proud of that. Um, what was it? Uh, what was it about uh, Yubikai Brain Mother Scratcher that ended up being like you know got it assigned to you? Um, well, I had written an original pilot called Narks, which was about two female cops. And uh, that's what helped me land the job at iZombie. So I think Rob had seen me write about the subject before and like figured I couldn't screw it up too bad. So he was like, I think I think it gave him confidence I would do all right. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, are you are I mean, the the episode had a lot of uh, action movie references. Are you an action movie fan? Like and, you know, if so, or like what are your favorites? Um. I wouldn't say I'm a huge action movie fan, but I am a huge Die Hard fan. Um, I feel like the the movie is like structurally flawless. I think, and it's like <laughs> so I true. love that. Yeah, John McClane is so funny, which I feel like you don't get in a lot of action movies. Um, yeah, yeah, and uh, I like that his wife is also like a very badass businesswoman. Like they put a lot of thought into her, which I really appreciate about Die Hard too. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, even though I'm not necessarily like a huge action movie fan, I will say that a lot of my favorite comedies are action movie fused, like um, like Pineapple Express or like Austin Powers and Hot Fuzz stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So I, I'm a big fan of, of that stuff. Yeah, I actually got to see Die Hard in the theater uh, this past Christmas. I was I was so very happy because I, I my uncle had actually dragged me to. A theater went out, well, not really dragged me, but brought me to a theater when I was like 13 or maybe it was like 11 or 12 and when Die Hard first came out. that That's how old I am. <laughs> what was and, it like uh, seeing it in theaters for the first time? What was that? Well, what was it like for you, like seeing it in the theater for the first time? Because I bet that's oh, okay. amazing. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it was, I remember, uh, I was down in Staten Island visiting with my, or what was it Brooklyn? I forget where he was living at the time, but we went to a theater that was unlike any theater that would be in Vermont. There was, I, I'd never been in a theater where people were just yelling at the screen. (laughs) (laughs) So the entire time, uh, and especially when Argyle came out, it was a lot of yelling, like, woohoo! Argyle's a great character. I love him. He's the best. Yeah. Um, yeah, he gets that punch in. And then, or near the end. Anyway, uh-huh. uh, yeah, that's 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 great. That must have been. I, people love Die Hard, so I can only imagine that that would be a really fun experience. And yeah, when I saw this episode title coming up, I was like, yes, yeah, is, <laughs> you knew this it was the one. <laughs> you knew it. The title said it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so why don't we talk a little bit about Isabel? Um, we actually hear in this episode that her last name is Bloom. Is she named after guest star Rachel Bloom or iZombie director Jason Bloom? She's, she's actually named after Orlando Bloom. Really? No, I'm just kidding. No, that's <laughs> that blew my mind. <laughs> I, that is not true. I honestly, I'm sorry. I I can't remember. I I may have picked that name after something else didn't clear, but I also have like a kind of a vague memory of Dean picking that last name so hmm. i'm sorry i don't have a better answer for you but i i honestly can't remember that's okay yeah sorry about that um how about uh teenage characters uh you know i zombie brings in uh isabel as someone we can really care about just like Liv and robbie do do you guys did you guys spend a lot of time trying to make her like the not so typical you know, like annoying always gets in trouble teenage tv teenage character um, yeah, we definitely wanted to create a character who the audience would fall in love with just as much as Liv and Robbie. Um, mm-hmm. and I feel like we wanted to make sure that she was brave when it came to her, like the Freilich syndrome. Um, mm-hmm. 
and making sure that she was sort of like a scrappy kid. Like if she was in trouble, it was because she was looking for trouble, not because she's helpless and needs to be saved. Um, yeah. But yeah, she uh, she has that. <laughs> I like that she her reaction to death is is very unique and dark, uh, which I which I like that we all decided on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, especially the uh, the morgue drawer how Ravi meets her in the morgue drawer is because she's just kind of getting herself ready for it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 Um, is, is Freilich syndrome made up or is it like a reference to something? Cause I was Googling it and it wasn't coming up with results. That <laughs> I thought um, applied to Isabel. Yeah. That is something that Rob came up with, I believe. So I'm, I'm not totally sure, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, but it sounds legit. It sounds like a real, yeah. a real disease. Uh, I'm, I'm no doctor, so I would believe it. <laughs> yeah, it it was something about uh it, well, there was frolic and it was uh it was something about like testes being too small. <laughs> like yeah. really like, I don't know if that's it. That was like, really uh, interesting if that's what she had. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, it is obviously it's about it, it, it it's a boy's disease and they're <laughs> they're not hitting puberty correctly. Oh. So I was like, oh, this isn't <laughs> Yeah, anything to do with it, so. and that's, I mean, that's ask, ask Rob. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he has some yeah. influences. Who knows? <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen Insane in the Germ Brain. You might want to skip ahead a few minutes, if so. Um, but uh, you know, since uh, uh, your episode came out, actually, the next episode, Insane in the Germ Brain, um, Isabel dies. I did, can you talk at all about how the writers' room crafted? Isabel's death. Did you guys treat her just like as a as a fictional character and try to remain distant, or were you know were you guys sobbing? Because I, I was sobbing watching it. So. Um, well, what's funny is that I was actually off writing my episode when her death was fleshed out in the room, uh-huh. um, so I wasn't there for it. So I don't know, but I will say that um, my husband and my mom, who's visiting, hadn't seen the next episode, and so we watched it last night, and I had already seen it, and we were like all crying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's so sweet that that uh, Isabel said goodbye to Livy. Like or, I just said, I just combined Liv and Ravi to Livy. <laughs> Some people say Ravi R- Ravioli, but uh, Livy is good too. <laughs> That's a better one. I like that. Um, yeah, I just really like that 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 she says goodbye to them on mm-hmm. camera after she dies. That's so sweet. Oh gosh! As soon as that that tape fired up and you saw what was about to happen, I was just like, "Oh no! Don't yeah. do that to me!" <laughs> I was like, "Don't cry! Don't cry! Don't cry!" I was like, "You've already seen this! Don't cry!" But yeah, it's, Dean really he nailed that scene. They did a really yeah. good, yeah. All right. Well, let's get back to your episode. I I was actually really surprised to see uh, Detective Benedetto back on the show, only to get killed off and become the brain of a week. Um, since uh, Rico Colantoni is loved by those who watch Rob Thomas shows. What made you guys decide to kill him off? Um, I think we really like the idea of Rico dying in his own episode as he's directing. I know that's something <laughs> that Rob was really into and we all thought was really funny. Um, Is that an actor's dream to direct your own death? <laughs> I, would, I would imagine. I mean, I th- he had a really fun time directing, I could tell. And like, I don't think it was much as much about the idea of like killing him off as it was about the fun of having Liv specifically being on Benedetto Brain. Um, so, and it was funny because he got to, I mean, I guess we'll get into this, but like he, he had a fun time like directing her as he would act, um, which was mm-hmm. like really fun to see. Oh yeah, I wasn't even thinking about that, but yeah. So so maybe she was. I mean, were you actually on set at all during any of the filming of this? Yeah, I was there for uh, for two days, and 
I actually, I actually went back for the third day before my, I like went, got on the plane because it was so much fun and we were having a really good time. Um, so I got to see a lot and it was, it was awesome. So you got to see him directing her as what he'd do or. Yeah. Like, like, you know, he would like the, uh, the whole like Brooklyn accent or like the Italian thing. Cause Rico's yeah. Italian. So he'd be like, no, more like this. And it was like, <laughs> it, was <awesome. laughs> it was really fun. It was really fun to see. Uh, yeah. And, and the hat, just adorable. Love, so. <laughs> yeah. Love the hat. That was a, the perfect touch. So what was his uh, reaction to having his character killed off? Was it, was it just, you know, a chance to, like I said, you like direct his own death and do something fun with it or yeah, he was looking forward to coming back anymore. I wasn't there when he like heard the news, but he's one of the most positive fun people I ever met. So I feel like he was probably like, I remember he was directing like literally on the morgue slab as a dead body. So I think he was just really excited about the whole thing. (laughs) That's great. Yeah. Um, so, uh, do you actually have any, any other stories from when you were hanging out there or did you, did you see anything going down? I don't know. Um, <laughs> think off the top of my head, did I see anything crazy going down? Um, I guess the, my favorite scene was when Fazio is benching Liv and I just really like to see like the papers fluttering down. I don't know if that's <laughs> like a crazy, a crazy story. Um, uh, but yeah. I felt bad because like that was something that I had written to the script and I, I hadn't thought about like the, the people who would need to pick up all the papers after they were thrown. And I was like, Oh no, I'm sorry. And they were like, let's do it again. I was like, Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> so that was great, but it, it turned out great. So, uh, these PAs picking up papers and glaring at you and yeah, I mean, I used to be a PA for a long time. So I'm like, Oh no, like I would have hated to do that. So, but, uh, oh, it should be stacked pink, then purple sheets. What are you doing over there? <laughs> I still felt like a PA on set. Um, I, it was, it was a weird, it's a, it's a, it's like a weird transition. I felt like I should be getting people things and I should pick up the papers. But, yeah. 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 Do you need any coffee? Is it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're the writer. <laughs> I can get a really good cup of coffee for you if you need it. <laughs> I've been trained uh, specifically. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, especially enjoyed how, uh, uh, Rico shot Clive's first action cop story with all the extreme close-ups. Was that something that he came up with, or was that something you you had actually written down in the script? That was all Rico. Um, oh yeah, yeah. We we just gave him like that little tidbit, and then he, he like had a specific vision for that scene, and he really made it come to life. It's great. I, I love mm-hmm. it. Yeah. yeah. Was there anything else about his direction that you really liked? Um. I think because Rico's an actor, he's he's like so great at communicating with other actors. Um, mm-hmm. And the other thing I like about Rico is that he talks to everyone kind of like you're on the same level, no matter what your title is. Um, so, and he like loves to direct so much that his attitude was really contagious on set. Like it, it just set a really good atmosphere for everyone. Everyone was really happy. Um, he oh he would also <laughs> he would do this thing where like we would shoot a scene and then he would turn to me and he would be like does this look good like are you happy with this and I wanted to be like dude oh, wow. you, you know I'm a staff writer right like it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't really matter what I think um, but he just wanted to make like the best episode possible and and I really admire that about him ah, he seems so cool he's so cool I yeah uh, I would uh, uh, I can safely say that Rico is my favorite director that I've ever worked with and that is, he is the only yeah. director I've ever worked with. <laughs> But still, he's the best. He's a he's yeah. a great guy. Yeah. 
Um, one thing that I loved about this episode was the uh, meta talk, like the talking about the zombie high and Robbie talking about actors. Uh, Robbie being annoyed that zombie high is running out of money. Yeah. Um, when Liv literally says Zomcom Romdrom, it's just like a great wink for fans of the show. Um, how much do you enjoy leaning up against the fourth wall in this show? Is it something that like the writer's room overall likes to indulge in? Um, I like anything that dares to be different and sort of like stretches outside the norm of what you've mm-hmm. seen on TV. So I love the leans against the fourth wall. Um, Rob is a big Mel Brooks fan and I see a lot of influence <laughs> in his comedy. Um, yeah, especially that like, makes the, sense. yeah, you know, like all the self referential jokes I feel like are, mm-hmm. Scream Mel Brooks to me. Um, I was actually uh, over Christmas. I was watching Robin Hood Men in Tights, and there's that part where like Robin Hood can't believe that he lost the archery competition, and he, so he pulls out the script to correct, like to see if that's correct. Um, and I was like, oh my god, that's such a like Rob would love that joke. That's such like an eye zombie in the same like eye zombie humor. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's great, yeah, yeah. And just I don't know. It's just the the whole. Uh, Discussion about how addictive the show is, and yep. yeah, uh, it, I don't know. Raul is such a personality on on Twitter that when he he has this whole line about how how actors are, I, I just thought that was a almost like him <laughs> kind of you know making fun of himself at, at the same time. But yeah, like just I don't know. He delivered it r- really well. It was great. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also loved uh, the funny transitions, like when Ravi and Liv are talking bare-chested and evil characters they love to hate, and then we see a bare-chested Blaine cackling into the camera. Yeah, is that is that something you guys try to get into every episode? A, a real funny transition like that? Yeah, that's actually something that I learned while writing for iZombie is like really tight scene transitions. I feel like it, mm-hmm. it creates such a, a solid flow throughout the script. Um, and I think that's something that like I've started to get better at. I didn't realize how important it is, but yeah, there, you can get some really good jokes like in between those transitions. And, um, one of my favorite parts of that episode is actually when vampire Steve is talking to about like the next level genius hacker, the Donnie. And he does that. Like it cuts from him, like saying like, he's brilliant to the crazy shirt <laughs> trick that Donnie does because just, yeah. I could just, I could watch Donnie do that all day long. It makes me laugh so hard every time. <laughs> Yeah, was it you or was it you or the iZombie Writers Room Twitter account that was just like, how do you even write what that is? <laughs> oh yeah, so no, that that was I think uh, iZombie Twitter, and it was because John Bellina pitched that joke, and yeah. I was the only one in the room who knew what he was talking about, and <laughs> I was the only one who was wearing a sweater with like long sleeves because you need long sleeves to do that trick. So I, I became like the person who would just like the example of how you do that. And I, I stretched out two of my sweaters, but it was worth it because it's, yeah. it's a great gag. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. It's like uh, those transitions, you know, they're, they're really, they're really great when they're, you know, few and far between, but uh, man, when they hit, it's, it's so hilarious. And it, it again, it's just like this, were you just paying attention to that last scene? Cause of what we did, you know, yeah. I don't know. It, it's just, it's really fun. Yeah. 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 Uh, speaking of transitions and, you know, like the way the ep- episode is there edited rather, um, nearly a month passes through this episode, which is made possible by a very bumping montage. Um, so we don't often get montages on this show. You can you talk about a bit about uh, crafting a montage like that? Was it to move the plot along, or kind of an homage to those action movies that you were paying tribute to or inspired by? Um, 
I don't think that we were thinking of a specific action movie, but we mm-hmm. know we wanted, yeah, a really tight, like, bumping montage to show that month that had passed. Um, I really wanted a Talib Kweli song, and sometimes there are licensing issues, so I've heard that, like, you know, the songs that you pick don't always get cleared. So I was uh-huh. really pleased to see that in the final cut, the shock body was still in there. Um but yeah, I, yeah, that's a great song. I, I, yeah. I added that to a playlist. I, I have an iZombie playlist I'm uh, keeping up. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> but, uh, great. I'll, yeah, oh, I'll, have, great to, I'll have to check that out. I, uh, oh, yeah. It's on Spotify. I'll, I'll email you a link. I actually have to update it for this season. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Thank you. Sure. Um, yeah, it reminds me of uh, – we had uh, Sarah Sadie on uh, – well, recently, but last year she had a Pearl Jam song that she put in the script and it, and it came through. So it's cool to know that uh, the – uh, Talib Kweli. <laughs> Talib Kweli. Uh, yeah, that song <laughs> came through. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, when into what went into uh, crafting the the stories for Clive to recount? Was it like Robbie Robbie said there wasn't enough budget to get a great action scene, or how much was that scripted? How much was that um, improv? That was all scripted. Um, and yeah, our nice. goal is to have Clive describe like the best parts of all the action sequences since we don't have the budget to show like, you know, like a, like a, an airplane exploding or like him falling, <laughs> you know, like eight stories out of a window into a pool. Um, yeah. the, I mean, there's that thing that's like, if you can't fix it, feature it. And I, I feel like that's, that's exactly what we were doing <laughs> with that joke. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, it was, you know, playing into what Robbie says earlier. I just thought that was hilarious. And especially when he shows up soaking wet in the morgue. I love that. Um, I love yeah. that. Yeah. He did, he did such a great job. Yeah. It was great. And Robbie's just sitting there drinking tea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Liv and Major finally clashed at the end of the episode. And Major takes a low blow to Liv about how this is just another attempt to find meaning in her life. Um, but she did put him in danger by putting a tracker on him. So whose side do you fall down on this uh, zombie civil war? <laughs> oh, that's a great question. Um, I think what makes Liv and Major's conversations compelling, honestly, is that, you know, neither of them is 100% right or wrong. You know, like Liv putting that tracker in Major's pocket is endangering him. And that's a really shitty thing to do. Um, but at the same time, you know, Major's drinking with Fillmore Graves Kool-Aid a bit too much for my liking at this point. So I side with Liv, but I, I like that we're seeing her make some somewhat questionable choices in order to do what's right. You know, like I think it creates a, a question of morality. That's interesting. So I, yeah. I, I think I'm team, I'm team Liv on this one. I gotta say it was kind of a low blow. <laughs> yeah. Are you, do you agree? Are you, what, what's, what's going on? I, yeah, I, I am torn because yeah, she did put him in danger. I mean, Chase would shoot him right in the head if she dis- discovered that tracker on him just cause I mean, we just see how ruthless Chase can be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the whole, the whole thing where she is, um, she's, she's trying to find meaning in her life. I mean, that goes right back to like the pilot of the the show, the, the fact that she's, this is, this is, she's constantly trying to f- figure out a, a, you know, a reason to be a zombie and, and yeah. what her role in all of this is. So, you know, it's crazy. I was watching it and I was like, Oh man, these two people were engaged. Like, it's so yeah. crazy to see how far they've come from there. Like these two people used to share a juicer together and <laughs> they're endangering each other's lives. Yeah, well, uh, they had to give it to Peyton, I believe. That's right. I read about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, they used to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
All right, so let's get into some quick fire specific questions before we wrap up. Um, Chase references that Major can have a Star Wars award ceremony and get medals with Han and Chewie. And one of the huge crimes of the original Star Wars is that Chewie doesn't actually get a medal. <laughs> Are you saying that in the world of iZombie that Chewie actually got one? I love this question. This is my favorite <laughs> question so far. Um, okay, so I was always under the impression that Han was accepting the medal on Chewie's behalf. You know, ah. I thought they're, they're like a team, you know, like co-pilot, yeah. like he's his co-pilot. So I figured that, but you know, it is kind of messed up um, that he doesn't get his own medal. Um, also, side note about this. Uh, I want to say that, do you know that R2 gets shot in the line of fire while Luke is like blowing up the Death Star? And he doesn't get a medal either. Oh, that's true. He's really yeah. up. Like he's, he's like injured doing his job. He, sh- and he, he should get a purple spark plug or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, like, I can't speak for the rest of the, the iZombie universe, but in my book, Chewie and R2-D2 both deserve medals. Totally. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, some people were confused by who Suki is referring to when she says she knows a guy. Am I wrong to assume that she's just talking about one of the many random coyote recruits that we see during the montage, or um, was she talking about somebody else? Uh, the first one, I, it's just to show that the organization is about to get a lot bigger in the montage. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and, uh, oh yeah. Uh, can you reveal who Ravi was on the phone with at the end? I mean, I just assumed it was either Suki or maybe even Peyton. Yeah. In my mind, it's Suki. Um, but okay. I, I would say it's safe to assume it's anyone we saw during the montage. He's just, he's getting the word out to, to everybody. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's open for um, interpretation, I think. What's that? It's open for interpretation, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he was calling us. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he was calling you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be on your podcast. <laughs> uh, uh, why didn't Liv feel like cooking? I mean, the woman's got to cook something in each episode. So as someone who personally <laughs> hates to cook, I get it, you know? It's a lot of work. A lot of cleaning up afterwards. She doesn't have time for that. She's got to murder herself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes the uh, the recipe. I mean, almost all the time, the recipes uh, comment on the the brain that they're about to, as if she's already on the brain by the time. And I, I like the the fact that you know, Vice Cop, he's probably you know eating the remnants of yesterday's tuna can that he opened before yeah. dashing out the door after another you know scumbag. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so. I- I, uh, that was my sassy reply, but my real reply is, uh, and I'm not sure how much of how much I can reveal. I hope it's cool that I say this, but I think that part was was cut for time. We were actually going to have her um, eat uh, a donut, but uh, we had a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff to cover, so it didn't it didn't make it in. I, I hope that's okay that I said that. I think it's probably fine. I say it's okay, but you know, if you need me to edit that out, let me know. <laughs> All right, we'll see. I'm sure it's fine. Um, how about Love My Way? The the song was playing um, in the car during the stakeout. I, I, was, I was looking it up. I was thinking, was that in any sort of uh, action movie? But uh, actually, the most recent time it was played was in uh, Call Me By My Name. I, I wasn't sure if you were calling out to that or if even you had the decision of picking that song. Ooh, I love Call Me By My Name. I didn't I didn't actually make that connection. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I, that wasn't my call. It wasn't written in the script. Um, so I'm actually not sure. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, how about Fritz learns the catch? Did you reference that in the script? 
Uh, yes, that was originally, <laughs> that I was, I love that video so much. I love it too. Yeah. It was actually written in the script as dogs who can't catch, but that was mm-hmm. just my knockoff version of Fritz learns to catch. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was really excited when it cleared and we could use the real video. Yeah. Oh, totally. And I don't know. As soon as Clive started watching, I was like, I, I know this video. I yeah. saw this like a year ago. Oh, I love it. Yeah. It's so funny. That dog just, he can't catch. <laughs> Um, and I don't know when the when the when the plate of spaghetti comes out. That's that's usually yeah. what really uh, has me going. After a while, I'm like, oh, you come on, <laughs> <laughs> figure it out. Yeah. Uh, okay, when Liv beats Fleabag with a fish, was that a reference to an action movie at all? Um, any sort of? I don't think one? so. Bob, that was Bob Dearden's joke. So um, <laughs> when he comes back on the pod for the. For the sixth time, as well as being the sixth time on the pod, he's going to get his jacket next time. So, oh, he's fifth time. got it. Okay, so, so when he's you'll you'll have to ask him that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So yeah, I uh, I have to commend you. We, we referenced the whole papers flying, but I mean, when the whole angry uh, the angry captain to lives road cop Basio, and then she drops the badass line, does the CSI Miami thing, walks out. We hear this, yeah. Oh, because Kavanaugh ends up stubbing, stubbing his toe. I mean, that was just genius. I just have to. Thanks. Yeah, that was, that was a bit <laughs> for uh, CSI Miami fans for sure. I actually, I can't remember who came up with that in the room, but it was a joke that all made us laugh really hard. And I, I but I think we were maybe worried that it wouldn't play. Like we weren't totally sure uh, what it would look like. And I was really happy on set that it did. I was like cracking up listening to him stub his toe over and over. And it, it just, it worked so well in my mind. Um, so um, yeah, I was very happy about that one. Uh, cool. Yeah. Um, all right. So zombies have been known in this show to have just like a craving for brains, but Angus's flock, uh, well, they first tear apart those inmates on the prison bus and here in your episode, they descend on Frau Bader like they're going to rip her apart too. So, do the zombies of I Zombie also crave flesh like uh, the George Romero zombies? That's a good question. Um, in my mind, it's more of the violence of just like destroying a woman who was cruel to Angus's son, mm-hmm. since they're such devoted followers, um, and maybe have like a lot of animosity toward humans at this point too. Yeah. Um, but I've never seen another instance of I zombie zombies craving flesh, so I would say probably not. I think it was more out of you know anger f- on behalf of Angus, I guess. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I was I was gonna say, wow, this is a this is a new thing. They're like, and uh, but uh, yeah, just ripping her apart, and, yeah. and I guess each having a little teaspoon of brain to each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it was a really disturbing scene. I mean, did I actually read it right when? You know, we see this reaction shot of Blaine, and it really looked like he was a, l- a little upset by it. What do you think? Yeah, I think Blaine is moved that his father is, you know, finally on his side after so many years and would sacrifice Frau for him in that way. But I, th- I think it's open for interpretation for sure. I mean, it was a really grisly scene, so I think he could, you know, uh, you could. I think it could go both ways, you know. But I think mm-hmm. he's, I think he's definitely. He's verklempt, you know. He's like he's <laughs> to that his father would would go would do this for him. Uh, yeah, and I just I was thinking, I was like, uh, like that this woman has raised him, no matter how awful she was to him. I'm sure as a child he was so desperate for love, he was trying to get as much love out of her, as, you know, as a like a surrogate mother. So even even if she was terrible to him, like there might be some part of him that is like almost like. 
grandma or mommy to, to her. Yeah, that's, so. that's an interesting read. Yeah, I would imagine, for sure. Uh, so um, has Blaine now bought into his father's church, or is this kind of a, a part of his whole uh, Lex Luthor uh, real estate scam? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I could tell you, but it would ruin the fun. For oh, yeah, that's episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you want me to tell you that. No, 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 it's fine. <laughs> Uh, and, and Enzo goes to investigate. Uh, should we be worried about his allegiance to Fillmore Graves? I mean, we see him again in uh, Insane in the Germ Brain as a part of the audience. Again, do you really want to know the answer to that question? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I did two in a row. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're testing me, though. This is good. I'm, uh, I, I, it's a good thing. Well, I'm down to my last one, which is, um, I mean... Yeah, I don't want you to give me any specifics, but do you can you possibly tease at all about the last couple of episodes that are ahead? Oh, I mean, if you, <laughs> if you like what's going on, stay tuned because it's going to be an emotional roller coaster. You're gonna have, yeah. you're gonna have a good time watching the next couple episodes. That's all I can really I was, say. I was very emotional in that last episode. I don't know if I could take any more. Yeah, <laughs> buckle. I was, I was crybaby Carl cosplay throughout the entire episode. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, that he has a broken, he has a medical condition, that broken tear duct. That's so funny. I, I'm going to, I'm going to blame that next time uh, the show uh, upsets me. So yeah, just yeah, yeah. the medical condition. Stop making fun of me. The show killing off teenagers constantly. What's up with that? <laughs> yeah. You guys, you guys are sick. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, Chelsea. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Chelsea Catalanado, I should say. Uh, thank you for joining us on the iZombie podcast. Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. Yeah, and uh, we'll hopefully get you back here again for season five. Cool. I would love that. Can you tease anything about season five? No, I cannot. <laughs> you <laughs> probably literally cannot tease anything. I literally cannot do that. I am so sorry. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph. Send your feedback to iZombiePodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and on Facebook. Just search for iZombie Podcast, all one word. All of our contact info is on our website, iZombiePodcast.com. You can follow Steph on Twitter at Steph Smith. You can follow Robin as well at El Robinero. Our podcast logo is designed by D. Sheehan. You can find her work at Behance.net slash Deanna Sheehan. Also, friend of the show Cheyenne contributes with Photoshops on our Twitter. Follow her at I. My zombie love. Check out our other podcast. You can listen to us binge cast through teen dramas like Dawson's Creek and Popular. Just subscribe to We Don't Want to Wait on iTunes. You can also listen to us occasionally talk about the Buffy spinoff Angel with our friends. Subscribe to Redemption Cast on iTunes. While you're on iTunes, why not leave us a review? We do this in our spare time so your ratings and reviews are much appreciated and helps us get seen by more iZombie fans. And make sure it's on the correct feed. We are the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph. And we're done. You think anyone is still listening? Probably not. Zombies! Zombies!